DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. It's time to talk Aggies and Cougars tonight in Logan with the voice of the Aggies, Scotty G. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each Smart Controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Scotty G, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. So, let's cut right to the chase. Your Aggies are playing the Cougars. And if your Aggies perform in the red zone the way they did a year ago, it's going to be good. A week ago. A week ago. A year ago. A week ago. A year ago. A year ago wasn't good either. Actually, they never got in the red zone, though. (laughs) It'll be be ugly. But if they finish drives they did uh, in the fourth quarter at Wazoo and in the next two games – uh, we should have a really good game on our hands. Have you got any inclination which way this is going to go, or are you going to show up wondering like the rest of us? Uh, I think I'm more of the latter. Uh, that's, I mean, you hit it right on the head, and I think Boise State, this is a really fun, dynamic offense that Blake Anderson's got at Utah State. Uh, and uh, they had, especially in the first half, no problem going from the 20 to the 20 against Boise State. But then the Broncos really tightened things up. They bracketed some guys. Uh, Devin Tompkins, a dynamic receiver, but he's 5'8", 155. And, uh, and so they, they said, we're not going to let this guy beat us, and we're going to make uh, other guys come up and try to get open. And Utah State struggled with it. Uh, in talking to some of the coaches this week, they said it was more execution on our part, more than what Boise State did. And I'm sure that truth on that's probably somewhere in the middle. But uh, but, yeah, they've got to be much, much cleaner because uh, field goals are not going to be BYU tonight or, frankly, even stay in the game with BYU tonight. Yeah, plus I'm wondering about their field goal unit and how uh, capable it is. Obviously, it didn't look good right there. Uh, do you think they've got any tricks up their sleeve, maybe to use uh, two quarterbacks or whatever it might be? Well, I mean, according to Blake Anderson, and I think he told you guys this as well on Monday, and he's told you know us throughout the week, is that they're going away from that. Um, I'm sure that there will be uh, some packages with uh, Andrew Peasley, maybe some goal line or short yardage things to take advantage of his, of his legs. Uh, but they, the, you know, now granted, it could be a smoke screen uh, going into a BYU week, uh, but they've, he's, he's been pretty upfront saying that he didn't like the way that they used both quarterbacks last week. They felt like it kind of got each one of them out of a rhythm. So if you believe what they've said, it's going to be mostly Logan Bonner this game now if there's something up their sleeve uh look let's be honest you know they, they love trick plays and Blake Anderson likes to get crazy and that fake punt was certainly one of them I would not be surprised if they try to you know do something to try to steal a possession or uh, shift momentum so I'm sure he's probably got something up his sleeve if he gets what he uh, gets a look that he likes we saw BYU throw deep balls with ridiculous ease against South Florida. Are the Aggies ready to handle that? Uh, I, I I know that they're aware of it. I know that they're concerned about it. And I think they will do everything in their power to slow it down. Uh, they are a little banged up. I mean, you've got Dominic Tatum, who is probably their best, uh, best defensive back, uh, is out. For the well, I don't know if he's out for the season. He's out. Coach said an extended amount of time uh, with an injury. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the personnel is going to be uh, aware of it. Whether they can slow it down is going to be another question. But uh, they're game planning against it, and they know that 
there's a serious amount of weapons. I also know that they're really concerned about the tight ends. I know BYU hasn't placed a whole lot of emphasis on using those guys so far, but uh, the tight end position, as it should, because BYU's loaded, uh, is a big concern of theirs as well. So, I mean, it's it's gotten everybody's attention in Logan for sure, this offense, regardless of whether it's Jaron Hall or Baylor, Baylor Romney. We know in a surprise move, not necessarily by saying it, but that it actually happened, Kyle Whittingham said that BYU controlled both lines of scrimmage against the Utes, which is just like uh, unbelievable considering the Ute program and the emphasis they put on it. What are you looking there for in the battle of uh, the trenches between both teams? And does one, did the Cougars have a decided advantage? Because obviously, according to Whittingham, they had it against the Utes. Well, Ephraim uh, Banda, who's the defensive coordinator, told me, he said, this is the, and he came from the University of Miami. He was the co-defensive coordinator there. And he said, this is the best offensive line I've seen since they played Notre Dame a couple of years ago. He put it right up there with Wisconsin when they played them. So it, it's, it's, it's a difficult task. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they throw all different kinds of looks because right now I don't know man up that uh, the, the, they'll be able to get a lot of pressure just uh, trying to size up against these guys. I think you can anticipate probably a lot of twists, uh, you know, a lot of action with those defensive linemen to try to create some opportunities. I don't know if they're going to bring a lot of blitzes. I probably would try to uh, and do something to try to generate a pass rush. Uh, it's something that they're obviously really concerned about, and they know that that front four is a real big problem, or that front five is a real big problem. Now, on the other side, a defensive line, you know, Utah State's running the ball for 200 yards a game. So I think that there's some confidence there that they'll be able to run the ball a little bit against Utah State. You know, Calvin Tyler's been a really good running back. Uh, the offensive line's got a good push. They know that, that uh, one of the strengths of Washington State actually was their offensive line, and they felt like they handled that pretty good. So from an offensive side, I think, they feel like they, there's some opportunities there uh, against that BYU offensive line. I know there's a whole lot of concern about trying to get a pass rush against those guys. Okay, this is a small thing, and it doesn't matter, but everybody is talking about it. <laughs> and I think Kalani even mentioned it. The fact they switched the benches and the visitors are now right in front of the student section. What what was the reason for that? Is it overblown? Does it have that big an impact? I mean, I know it's like a natural bowl inside that stadium, but what do you think about all that? Explain it. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal because the Utah State student section is probably the most well-behaved, courteous, nicest, uh, you know, group of uh, group of fans. <laughs> I think he meant, but, but whatever. Uh, you know, it's I, I don't. I mean, I, I haven't asked anybody. I think it probably is to try to get inside the head of the opponent. I don't know if it actually works or not, uh, but I think it's 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 fun. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty aggressive student section, um, and you hope they mind their P's and Q's and are respectful with what they do. But, yeah, it's it's certainly intended to uh, try to uh, rattle the cages a little bit. And, again, I don't know if a player, if it really works that much, but, uh, but they're certainly going to give it a shot, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be some things said tonight that probably aren't the most appropriate things on the planet. I wouldn't endorse doing anything like that, but <laughs> had a kid. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen in the Mountain West? Because we're hearing all sorts of reports that uh, CSU and Air Force are taking off. Yeah, it seems. Uh, and again, just reading between the lines, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that those guys are gone. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah I 
I don't know why, honestly. Air Force, I, I guess, if you want to be with, with the other uh, service academies, I guess that makes sense. Colorado State makes no sense to me. Uh, if your hope is to get to the Big 12, then I think the Mountain West is probably your best route to get there. But let's be honest. I mean, Colorado State claiming they bring the Denver market is like saying San Jose State will bring the Bay Area. I mean, nobody really cares about Colorado State. So I just, I mean, I guess that's that's nice, and you have big, big hopes and aspirations. But I just, Boise moves the meter. BYU moves the meter. Uh, Colorado State, I don't remember the last time anybody's lining up to watch the Rams play football, which they haven't done very well uh, for the last, uh, well, how long has Sonny Lubick been gone? Long time. So it's, it's been a minute. <laughs> Pete Thamel tweeting out 18 minutes ago, sources Air Force and Colorado State will be staying in the Mountain West. They've been courted and considered uh, along with Boise State and San Diego State, but all four schools will remain in the Mountain West. That's Pete Thamel reporting that. Yahoo wow. Sports. All right. Well, I I stand corrected. Obviously, I mean, I'll tell you this. I mean, uh, and DJ, you and I have talked a little bit about this off the air. Um, let's just say this. There were a considerable amount of uh, schools in the Mountain West that were pretty much planning on them leaving. And so uh, whatever happened, I don't know what uh, what may have changed over the last two days or so, but let's just say there was a strong contingency of Mountain West officials and Mountain West um, athletic directors that anticipated that they would be down to uh, 10, 10 teams. Craig Thompson, the guy's a genius. He's like you know, David Craig, Copperfield, he just, isn't he? He just works magic. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he, I mean, he comes across a little bumbly at times, but remember in 2010 when yes. BYU oh, was yeah. in cahoots with the yep, whack yep, yep, and, a, yeah. and Craig's, and Craig sniffed it out and blew it up in a hurry. He so, did. Absolutely, I mean, props, he did. Props to him. After I was told it was done, I went to the gym and saw yep. on the ticker and the TV that those other two were San Jose and Fresno. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, he did. Same. He thwarted, he thwarted them big I think, time. I mean, the Mountain West, it is what it is, and I don't want to oversell it, but they got a good thing going. And it's probably a better thing now that the AAC lost their top three teams. The odds of them getting... Yeah. It, you know, it probably improved the odds of them uh, getting into the playoff, the invitational, um, whatever it looks like when it is expanded. You know, those are all positives. To do that kind of far-flung geography. I mean, if you're getting Big 12 money, and I don't know what they're going to end up with, 15, 20, 25 million a team, whatever it is, that would be so much. I would get any team that went after that, and I would assume it would be Boise State and Memphis, but that's just me guessing. Um Take that, but the, but the other stuff, this makes no sense. So cooler heads prevailed, Scotty. Cooler heads well, prevailed. Well, it just didn't make any sense. I right. mean, I just I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And I get that you might get a hair more TV money, but, I mean, you know TV negotiations better than anybody. They were going oh, yeah, to cut that AAC down. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I know, right? And <laughs> just ask him, right? You know, and so. He did that, not me. You, you started. Uh, <laughs> He escalated it. You started it. I, no, I just got a high load. I got I'm sh- like the kid at the bus stop. <laughs> I you nailed you down behind me. And he Last night me I got blamed for something I had nothing to do. And you actually, it was 180 degrees off target. Yeah, and now here, same thing. Not at all. Not Morning, at all. noon, and night, it you never got, changes. You are the victim. You got you got chop blocked pretty good. I'm sorry. That's my bad. Jeez. Really, I feel like I, my ACL just got hit by Air Force. 
<laughs> Entire program. Well, thing, if yep. they went to the A, if they went to the AAC, I mean, fine. Let let somebody else pay for their ACL surgeries right. for their kids. Exactly. But uh, if they're staying put, I mean, it makes sense. So I'm I'm glad to see it. Yeah, it's where they belong. It really is. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, to send your volleyball team to East Carolina and send your <laughs> soccer team to, to South Florida. I mean, I mean, it's a fun place to go to, but let's not kid ourselves. That's not cheap. Right, right. It just they, of, of all the programs, they belong. I mean, they're right in the smack of the center in the, the two of them. And, and, and plus, it's, it, if it was the AAC expanding with the teams that didn't leave for the Big 12, I could understand it more. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And that makes sense. And Boise, I think at one point was trying to secure that. Right. Uh, but now if I'm the Mountain West, I turn around and I look, I'm like, all right, so you made a run at us. Hey, Memphis, why don't you park your basketball teams here for a couple of years while you're waiting for the Big 12? Instead of you going to South Florida, why don't you go to the UNLV and the pit and San Diego State? Let's go. You That's know? a good so, basketball uh, if, league right there then. Yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely. So, if you know you almost got your legs cut off, I think it's time to probably do the same to somebody else. Oh, I like it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't buy you. Don't buy me out. I buy you out. Yeah, that a kid. <laughs> I like that. You know, Southern Idaho might not be New Jersey, but you know we could be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scotty G. The atmosphere tonight, is the crowd going to be 80-20 Utah State, 70-30? What are you thinking for the BYU-Utah State game? Well, this game sold out uh, almost a week and a half ago. Um, And so that leads me to believe that there are some BYU fans that snatched up some tickets. And I had a – and I I will not name names because, frankly, nobody knows who it is, but I have a good friend of mine, and Hans and I were talking about this on the air – he has uh, four tickets. He's a diehard Aggie fan, big-time supporter, and he had a BYU fan that came in and said, I will give you, uh, I'll give you $1,200 for those four tickets that he paid probably maybe $100, $150 for. And he said, yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of royal blue in that stadium tonight. It would not surprise me at all if there's a heavy contingency of BYU fans in that stadium. So, uh, I would say probably 65, 35, 60, 40, somewhere in that range. But I think there's going to be a big contingency of BYU fans in that stadium. Scotty G, as always, we appreciate it. Good luck on the call tonight. Enjoy the game. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Scotty G, the voice of the Aggies, talking BYU and Utah State right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More football on a football Friday next.